0: Welcome to the Network Yourself to Success podcast. My name is Jodin Niemann. In this podcast, we dive deep into how to grow, nurture, and scale your professional network. Whether you're a junior looking for that first opportunity or a seasoned pro looking to boost your career or an entrepreneur, you need a community behind you to succeed. You need to network yourself to success. So good morning, Itai, and welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good to see you. And um, so, I mean, just a quick introduction, um, Itai, when always did a great lecture um, for Gvahim about um, how to find a job and using sales sales method or what does the sales manager use it? Because I have the same background, I really connected to to your approach, and um, I want to bring it to the world of how to network yourself job opportunities, and that more proactive approach. Uh, Itai has also it's been a successful uh, sales person for manager for um, Sisense, and now you're with a startup called PAEM. Uh, you'll tell a little bit more about it. So- uh, Sure. No, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, welcome to the podcast then, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yours. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, so thank you for the short introduction. Uh, as John said, my name is Itai Manol. Uh, I've been working in sales and different different sales and business development roles for the past uh, seven years or so, six seven years or so. Uh, my previous company, I was uh, working as a business development rep in Saisense, and I've been working in Science for a year and a half. And lately, I joined a, a very small startup uh, that consists of seven people. It's called PayM. Uh, PayM is a spend management platform. We basically help companies uh, replace their old corporate bank credit cards with our platform where they can actually issue credit cards and manage their expenses and spend according to different vendors or employees. So if you can, if you want to think about it, you can think about it to the sort of like the new method for payments in a SAS and in, in a companies for SAS subscriptions and for employer expenses and all that. Uh, so in PayM, basically I am the sales director. Uh, my job is now to build uh, the entire sales department from the ground up. From the ground up, sorry, uh, to lay down the infrastructure for the sales flows, for the sales processes, to implement the tools, and hopefully soon, within the next few months, to also start hiring uh, for my team.
0: Great. So we will be on, on alert for that. For anyone who's looking for a job as, in sales, it's always interesting to be in a startup. You know, you can really grow fast. And just quickly about that. And so basically you worked in a larger company, uh, And Um, how is it to then, it's not really a startup. So how is it to move into a startup from a more established corporate and to start up? What is it, where were you looking for it or?
1: Um, so I can honestly say that by the time I started working in Scisense, I thought about growing inside of the company. Uh, from the business development role to AE, maybe even more than that. Uh, but, you know, and I'll use a, a metaphor that is that is just like, sort of like true, I would say that life is what happens while you're busy making other plans, right? So uh, the the, the VPR and the co-founder here in Payam is a good friend of mine from the Army. Um, and we started talking about possibly one day uh, that I will join his startup, and everything just happened much faster than he and I anticipated. And, and even though I did see myself uh, working in silence for, for a year or two years more, uh, I wanted to just like, go ahead and jump right in and take this opportunity that, that was handed to me. Um, so, yeah, that's why I basically chose to join. Uh, it, it wasn't like sort of like a, a plan that I, uh, that I had in mind for a long time. Uh, I did hear about this company from other people as well. Uh, And I think like, I would say that the major change is that in a company as big and as structured as Sisense, you have the right set of tools to use. You have the right set of processes. You're a part of something that, that like, you know, it's like a machine. It's like an outbound machine. People do cold calls. They're doing outreach on LinkedIn, on emails. Everything is documented. There is a process and all that. Uh, and when I joined, and when you join this like such a small startup like that, there is just absolute chaos, right? You need to lay down the infrastructure. You need to choose the tools. You need to build up uh, the sales processes and the deal flows. And you need to start and understand basic metrics, um, like pricing for your product, for example. Um, like how long... Does one sales cycle take right? Uh, which are metrics that you already have in a company such as Sisense. Uh, so these are some of the main differences and some of like my challenges coming in now as a sales leader in the company.
0: Yeah, and and it's also it sounds like huge challenges. You basically have to really, as we call in Israel, be rosh You have to also grow yourself because if not, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna solve the the challenges. So it also sounds like a huge opportunity to grow. Like In terms of professionally, moving from an established corporate and into a startup, you really have a chance to grow in a way that you otherwise wouldn't have because now you have to build up these things and you have to really learn quick. It's, it forces you. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. Um, and each one has its, its, its differences. But just to, part of what you said in your introduction is that you were talking to an, an old army friend who was mm-hmm. working, and who is the founder of the company.
1: Yeah, he's the founder of uh, VPRND. Yeah.
0: So that's something that a lot of people talk about. How is that? How it needs so Of course, it's networking basically. But if you are basically tapping into your network of old connections and and established connections. Do you think this position was it was it posted uh, public or was it?
1: Um, so it definitely wasn't posted uh i wouldn't say that it was exactly tailored for me but obviously the relationship with my friend it helped a lot right like we know we know each other on a personal level and we both knew that we're gonna uh, hit it off professionally um so basically it took me a while to decide uh the job wasn't out there or anything like that. I, I do think that they, they would have pushed it out there if I had declined the offer, right? Uh, but yeah, I only got it due to my uh, close relationship with the, with the co-founder, with Omer.
0: So I think it says a lot about how it is in Israel. the really culture. Like they do in the first, the first uh, round of jobs when you are hiring someone, the first thing you do is you look into your own network and see who is that I already know and I trust. And let's see what it is. And then later on, we can post it online. And that's why you need to network, I feel, because there's this, there's this unless you won't, you won't get access to these opportunities, these opportunities. Um, and when it gets out there, you're gonna be one out of a thousand. While here, I mean, um, th- that's just how it works. So networking and, and creating those relationships before you actually need it, that's, that, that seems very important. It apparently, obviously it helped in your case, and you think that of course, like the factor is that you have some trust with, with, with the founder, right? Because you already know him, he knows who you mm-hmm. are. Again, if you start from the beginning, you were just coming in and you never knew him. You have to come in for an interview with him. Um, you know, it takes time to, to, to get to know you a little bit to build that trust.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more really. Um, especially in such a small startup, uh, where every person you take must be super crucial for the function of the organization, uh, but also in definitely larger companies, you know. Uh, first, I think that the, the majority of Israeli startups now are giving benefits for people that uh will, will give referrals and will bring their friends or people they know to work in the company, they compensate with, with like thousands of shekels for it in each company. And that just shows you how much um, the C-levels and the employers in this company are interested in employees that their current employees are familiar with, right? Um, So I I definitely think it helps. I definitely think that in Israel, this is a major thing, right? The community and and networking, uh, because we are such a small country, because everyone does know everyone in one way or another, uh, especially in the startups, in in the high-tech sort of field. So I do think that's that's highly valuable. And I think, as you said, it's not something that you just need to do by the time that you're looking for something. It's something that you need to do constantly. And I think we're going to speak about it more later um, because people don't like it when you just come to them uh, from time to time asking for something, right? Creating a community, creating connections and networking, I think it, it should be like an ongoing like an ongoing mission, like an ongoing state of mind, even right. Um, so yeah, that's a bit about how I see it, and I I couldn't agree more. That it's super super important in, I think
0: everywhere, but especially in Israel. Right. And and I, I also agree. So tell me now. We heard about how you got the job in this company. What about when you're in, in SciSense? How did mm-hmm. you stand out? Because that's less usually in the corporate company. Um, you really have to stand out. There's a lot of um applicants or did you also find that through network before it was posted online
1: um okay so that's a very good question about size sense, uh the job was posted online for sure uh however okay so i'll tell you how it started i had sort of like a list of companies that i was interested in working for uh, i would say between 15 to 20 companies that i was constantly looking for a new position in them and all that. And specifically about Sisense, I, I started hearing around that it's a very good place uh, for salespeople to grow and build up their career. And then I saw a position that opened up uh, in Sisense. Obviously the first thing I did was uh, to try and find some sort of a mutual connection uh, and not just send my CV, which I think is very important. I did manage to find it uh, by the way, through a mutual friend, uh, we knew each other from um, I don't know from this community of uh, I think like crypto investors or something like that, I don't know. And through this mutual friend, I actually got to another person that's called Omer. He's uh, been working in Science by the time I get there and he actually recommended me. So,
0: uh, before he recommended me, did you have a call with him before or- Oh yes, like, okay. definitely,
1: definitely, you're absolutely right. So. What I did, obviously, like, I like. think me and Omer sort of knew each other by name. We never actually spoke to each other. Uh, so what I did, I, I asked for uh, the other friend to talk to Omer. I talked to Omer. Uh, I explained to him why I'm interested in the company, explained to me a bit more about what it actually means to do this role and about the, about the field, right, about the landscape, about what it takes. Um, And I think that it's very important to also show the person that recommends you that you are in, that you are interested, that you are qualified for the position, both from like your CV perspective, but also from your goal and ambitions, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, people want to recommend people they trust. So if it's not a close friend or someone that you used to work for or with, I would say that you sort of like need to uh, earn and build this trust.
0: Um, Yeah. Definitely, and, and uh, how long, like I said, how long was this conversation? Was it like a 20 minutes conversation? Was it, because uh, what, I, what I believe is you don't need that much more time for that, but I guess to this levels, right? So you could have just asked your friend to forward your CV to, to Omer and he could have passed it on, but he wouldn't really have known you. You wouldn't have any, it would be, be a very cold reference, um, but you took that step and said, I want that before you recommend me, let, let me talk to you. And, and, and build some initial trust with you and explain you. And then it will be easier, he will feel more comfortable recommending you. So that was about that, right? Like a 20 minutes, a half an hour call or something like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I asked for my friend uh, for a connection to yeah. Omer. I asked if it's okay to get his phone number and to probably reach out via WhatsApp. Yeah. Or uh, just to call him. Uh, yeah, and that's what I did before uh, I sent over the CV. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we kind of covered like the first line of attack, you could say. The, the first line of strategy is look what you've got in your own network, whether it's someone inside the company or it is someone who knows someone inside the company. And we'll, after you exhaust those possibilities and you don't, you, you still can't find it in. Now you you address something very interesting in, in the, your lecture, which is how you leverage LinkedIn to do that. Um, let's say basically uh, reaching out. And, and kind of like warming the cold cold I would call it, and getting, uh, reaching out to someone who you wouldn't know, but you create a relationship with, with the person. And um, so you want, and that's something basically all the same way you do in sales and business. You basically took the strategies they use when you try and create relationship with people inside companies to make a sale and, build and create business relationships, right? And then you kind of like approach that to, to mm-hmm. similar thing when you're looking for jobs. So we, can you tell a little bit about your strategies and what tools you use?
1: Sure, definitely. Um, so I think that as you mentioned, obviously the, f- the first step and like I would say the, the easiest one is to map out your first connections, right? Uh, so people that you actually know in person, uh, that know you from back home, from your professional uh, career and all that. Um, and then what you can do, what I do is actually, I, I literally create a list of people that I know and uh, like where they're working. And um, if I don't know someone in person that can help me get uh, to a company that I'm interested, for example, it could be for a new job. It could be, by the way, to sign a client, right? So I would I would definitely look for a second connection, right? Like, so like a friend of my friend. And if that doesn't work, so what I would do, and like you mentioned, so I would, I would try to, as a potential candidate, I would, create myself a list, right, of uh, 10 or 15 or 20 or maybe a bit more uh, companies that I'm after, companies that I'm interested in. I think wh- what, the like, one of the main problems of people that, when they're looking for a job is they're just looking for everything that's out there. Uh, and people are just, like, sending huge amounts of their CV to just everyone. What I think uh, that should be done is to look to look internally, to understand what we are after in terms of the role and the sort of uh, companies we're after, to create a list of 20 or 30 companies and to keep track on what they're doing, what they're up to. To try and read their blog, to try and re- read newsletter, to see if they are hiring or maybe le- letting people go and to stay, to, to even follow them, like to, li- to literally follow them on LinkedIn and to try and maybe connect To the decision makers and to the hiring managers on linkedin even without a purpose it doesn't have to be in order for us to be able to send a message directly in the next day no it could just it could just be a connection for the sake of the connection okay so for example if uh there is a candidate now and they're and they're looking for their first sales position and they chose their top 10 companies thereafter they can just go ahead and like connect on LinkedIn to the hiring managers, to the sales leaders, to the VP sales. Uh, they should explain why they're connecting. So maybe like a short message on LinkedIn. Obviously, also not everyone will approve the connection request, but at least some of the people will do. And this is how you slowly uh, build up your connection.
0: What so, would you write in that one line? one line Would you mention that you are interested in working that company or would you mention that and this is a field you're very interested in and you would love to have an opportunity to talk to them or how would you approach it
1: so i think it it, it definitely changes um you could write a message if the if they are hiring for a very specific position that you're interested to, to interested in so uh you can connect you can be polite and and maybe sort of like frame it in in a template and structure uh so sort of like why you're reaching out to him, uh, why he should care, why you are the right person for whatever he is after, right? Uh, Maybe throw something out there that will show that you did your research, sort of like an interesting piece of information about this specific person or about the company. And then write a very clear, uh, short, precise call to action because it's much easier to help people when you understand what they're after um so that's what i would do and you can also by the way connect for the sake of connecting so why right that you're interested in uh in basically be a part positive pro- uh, pers- professional sorry network
0: yeah okay cool um so um so how do you do it um in how do you first of all after you make this list and uh, you make a list of 20 companies and let's say Science will be one of them or how would you then go about finding the the key people who are interesting? You basically will look for the the hiring managers or the sales managers, the ones who would probably want want to be the hiring. Um, And um, how would you use tools, like you mentioned Sales Navigator, would you use that for for something like this and how would you use it? Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, so I think that in every field it works, but in sales and business development, it's actually easier. Why? Because the sales leaders that we are after on LinkedIn, hopefully that we're trying to reach in order to talk with them about the position, you can think about it as some sort of an interview, right? About how you reach out to them, about how you follow up, about how you show them how you did your research. And the the process of getting the, their attention is basically sort of like a business development and a sales process in their organization, right? In a way. So you can use LinkedIn Sales Navigator, for example, uh, to look for these decision makers, to keep track of the companies. Uh, you asked what I would do, right? To, to pay attention to these companies. Mm-hmm. So I would make a list. I would go into the website on a, on, a day, on a daily or a weekly basis. I would look for these companies on LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, maybe even Crunchbase, GeekTime. I I would try and check uh, recent blog posts. And I would try to, by the way, check also posts and social activity from the decision makers that I'm trying to reach out to. Because for example, they can suddenly post a blog post or an article on LinkedIn where they're mentioning exactly what the company's vision is or who is the person that they're after, right? So you can leverage what they're saying. Uh, you can actually quote them to themselves and try and understand, uh, try and help them understand why you're the right position uh, for the job. Why, the, why you're the right person for the, for the position. Sorry.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and and that, that is also another trick you can do. You can also look at how they recommend other people, like when they make recommendations. So the words they use, mm-hmm. like if they use, He's very diligent he's very hardworking he's very so you can use that those terms when you are saying why you are you will be a good fit for them you can use something that you know he's appreciating um,
1: Definitely. But... and just interact with them you know it's like like I said before it, you don't need to connect with these people uh, with the sales leaders or uh, the hiring managers only once you see an opening yeah. you can just connect with them start interacting socially even likes on posts, even comments. Maybe you have uh, sort of like an interesting insight to a question they posted online. A lot of sales leaders live, love to be socially active, to post up uh, challenges they had, to post up open-ended questions, see how people deal with objections and all of that. Uh, so I think be, being able to, to connect to these people and sort of like join the community, even go to meetups, uh, and map out uh, the, the sales leaders and the companies might help you and in, in the upcoming future and not only at this specific moment
0: in the back yeah um and then basically you're, you're on his radar if you if you make a comment on one of his if he makes a post or blog post that's basically a golden opportunity for you to to put yourself on his radar because whether you comment it or you share it or some of like that you'll get his attention he'll see who's that, who's that person? And you can even, those are great excuse. It sounds like great excuse. Like you can send him a message and say, hey, I really like what you wrote about this and then ask him a question, but what do you think it relates to blah, blah, blah? And then you create a, or I would love to have a discussion. Or do you have time? I don't know if they, that's, that's too much for us, but I would, I, I, I like to that, do that. Then, you know, do you have the time to discuss this more? Do we have a time for Zoom call or something like that? Uh, it's an excuse to kind of like um, talk to them more. Um, exactly, so so in terms of, of, of uh, looking, so how does sales sales and, and how does sales navigator help you to find let's say you have the does it give you access to more information about more people than you would have with just a normal search? Like let's say you make this list of 20 companies, does it then give you more than you would do it just say like who's working in that company as a normal LinkedIn? Then sales navigator gives you added search features, or how does it work?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think uh, what's good about those navigator is that first you can uh, create lists, you can save companies, follow companies, follow specific people, save them as lists, and then create sort of like your own uh, focus target list of companies mm-hmm. that you're after. You can also use much more advanced filters, for example, uh, to try and look for people according to different geographic locations or positions or titles. Uh, You can also, by the way, get in a very in sort of like a very tight uh, page of the of the all of the latest social activity that a person or a company did in the past few months or so. It gives you other benefits, for example, like you can see who is socially active, who posted on LinkedIn for the last 30 days. Um, You can also connect to people that you couldn't have connected with otherwise on on like uh, on LinkedIn. you could you could use Sales Navigator uh, for insights about the company because you can see exactly how many people they are hiring, or how many people they, they hired in the past six or twelve months, and what divisions they hired these people to. So you can see if a company, for example, is is expanding their sales division or letting people go.
0: Mm. Very useful. So and the whole trick is really to do proactive. That you're not just waiting for them to to have a job posting because when you have a job position open, I don't know in size sense when they're looking for a salesperson, how many how many applicants do they usually have? I would say uh, hundreds, probably. Um, yeah. so it's hundreds. So you really have to stand out. So it's in many ways it's, it's it's better to like reach out before, proactive before, and not you know reactive in that sense. Um, what what is the what is it? do you have a formula when you read? let's say you're if you don't have an excuse, like you don't, you didn't post the block. Do you have a formula on the way that you would write a cold reach out email uh, to the person? mm
1: mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um. So I think that by the time you do it, when you send a cold email, uh, obviously these decision makers they're getting cold emails all the time, right? Uh. So sales leader, VP sales, they could they could be getting hundreds of these on a daily. On a daily basis so i would say that you definitely want to stand out and you do you can do it in in like a number of different ways so i think the, the first part of the email right or even the title should be something that shows this person that you did your research could be something in the first uh, line of the email for example that says something specifically about the last blog post that they that they wrote specifically about something in their linkedin job description right something about their responsibility um so you can start by customizing that right uh try and customize the title but do keep it short not more than a than maybe four or five words and and keep it to two three paragraphs uh with the order of why i'm reaching out I'm a time and all, I'm a salesperson and so on. Why reaching out to him, okay? I saw that you are a sales degree in a company such as X or Y or Z and why he needs to be able to help you if it's to land uh, your dream job or whatever. So you need to understand how you can leverage what you're writing so he would be able to look at it from his own eyes, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about what the company can give uh, it's what you can give for the company and like, try to think about it from the VP perspective. Okay. About what sort of skills you have that would then help the company. This is by the way, if you're reaching out directly to the decision makers. Okay.
0: Of a position so, that's already posted. Yeah. Or... So why
1: are you reaching out? Why are you reaching out to him? Show that you did your research, uh, why you are relevant for this position and a very neat and tight and very, very, very specific call to action. Mm -hmm. If it's another call, if it's uh, an email back and so on. Uh, And uh, if we're asking for something else, by the way, for an intro or for something else, so the call to action should be different, okay?
0: Cool, okay, and... um... Have you seen, I don't know if you, 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 you've been long enough, there's a lot of Olim or a lot of uh, inside sense, for instance. Um, have you seen any pattern of what Olim usually do wrong or do right when they apply for positions, when they get into companies like that? Uh, is there something that they can improve that is, you say Israelis have or and vice versa? Is it something that they have that is a big, that's a big advantage compared to, to, uh, to Israelis?
1: Right, that's a very good question and also remind me of something that is crucial and i didn't even talk about follow-up okay yeah. so it's not important it's not enough to send one email or one linkedin message or, or just to do that it's super important to follow up which brings me to my next topic about your question i think that uh you need to be able to adjust sort of like um like the mentality of like not being afraid to push and ask and follow up. Uh, And maybe, I wouldn't say be pushy, but be aggressive, you know? And, And like, do try to get the attention. So that's the first part. The second part I would say is, us Israelis, we grew up here, we do have our community, our group of friends and all this. With Fulim, it gets trickier, obviously, because they're moving into a new place. Sometimes they know only a few people. So what I would recommend is to, uh, to try and connect with other Olim that are already working in companies and maybe even try to connect with Olim that are from your specific country or community. So I'll give you an example. I know that a good friend of mine that works in Science, whenever he's looking to hire uh, SDRs from the German market, he would directly go to the Facebook group of Olim from Germany on Facebook in Israel and post the job there. Right, So I feel like it's very important to be a part of your local Olim community and also uh, according to your, to your country of origin, for example. So if you're French-speaking or German-speaking, you can try and leverage this and use this community to maybe get sales positions that are facing the French market or the German market.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of Danish uh, communities in Israel, um, <laughs> of Denmark, you know, so I'm, I'm always the odd, odd person out here. But um, but obviously, don't, definitely, I completely agree with you that not only because of that, but also if you first find the people who are old uh, older, Ulim, like let's say they've been in your shoes and they will sympathize with you much more, but they should exactly. be your first line of of, uh, of, of of reach out. You should reach out to them first before you try reach out to look look at after you exhausted who your connections are in companies who works in your field and um, from from uh, from your countries. Then then that's that's what you should see the countries you came from who are now twenty years in Israel and they come from Denmark and now they're in a senior position. Obviously, there would be if I'm from Denmark and he's from Denmark. Obviously, he would be much very very. Um, uh, likely to help me and, and if you have a communities so of course uh, reach out That's, it's a great advice um, and then you mentioned about being pushy so so how do you be pushy in, a, in the right the right minun, the right um, the, the right degree so you're not too pushy but you are mm-hmm. you are still uh, so how do you do that in, in Israel when you when you're reaching out and stuff like that
1: so so I think it's uh It's a very interesting question and uh, you always need to find a delicate balance between uh, being assertive and being respective of someone's time and being too pushy, right? And obviously some people will take it like this and some people will take it the other way. Some people uh, are okay with with someone reaching out to them, I don't know, twice a week and other people would, would get upset with it. So I think that as a sort of like a rule of thumb, right? Send send an email. One day later, you can send a LinkedIn message. Wait a few days, but make sure to follow up. And when you, whenever you're trying to reach out to this to these people, to these busy people, to the sales leaders and all that, uh, make sure to at least do several touch points. Four, five touch points via email and via LinkedIn, and maybe via social like likes, for example, or comments, because usually it's not enough to send one email. Um and you know it's fine. It's fine to follow up. This is this is this is how it works. This is the game, right? And especially sales data, if we're talking about sales, so look, also product leaders and, and VPR and these and all that, people understand it, but especially in sales and business development roles, people understand that appreciate it. Uh if you will follow up uh respectfully, of course. Because they
0: do it all the time themselves. So Definitely. That's that. That's and, and by
1: the way, when you send another email or when you send another LinkedIn message. Try to keep it short and try to be original, right? Maybe show another, another, uh, another aspect of your personality. Maybe show another blog post that you that you just recently read after the first message, right? Show you that you that you know your stuff about the company. Uh, maybe sh- maybe send another message when you suddenly see that an- that a position opened up, if it didn't exist before. So sort of like leverage what you know and what you understand about the person and the company uh,
0: for your advantage. So it's all about the touch points being like don't like don't take it personally when someone doesn't answer you right away or even um you don't so people are basic people and even if they're not following up on whatever you even if you had a meeting with someone afterwards they they go home and they they have their life with the kids with the family yeah. and everything they you're not on their mind all the time and obviously when you have the, those touch points without being too aggressive lobbying too much then you're, you're on the radar that's what you exactly. want exactly right?
1: usually people in israel uh usually people are willing to help it's not personal if if they don't answer hmm. um but it's it's very important to follow up and to ve- to be very precise with the call to action okay
0: great itai um, i'm I'm, a, I'm i think we're done now with a half an hour um so any final thoughts you have for anyone who wants to get in in the sales and business development in Israel um, and, and any 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 recommendations you have about how to find a job in that field. And, uh, and and what the advantages are obviously American English speakers have a good advantage because they have the language. Um, but what about if you're not an English speaker. I'm not a native English speaker. I'm Danish. So there's French, there's Spanish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is your take?
1: So. First, I think that, like you said, the easiest way to understand it, it's the language, right? The language is an advantage. That's the first part of it, but it doesn't have only to be the language, it could be the culture, right? So for example, uh, even though to Danish people you would, might sell in English, you do understand the culture much better yeah. uh, than in Israeli, for example. So if a company is now hiring uh, a salesperson to focus on Scandinavia. So even though Danish uh, is not, let's say, as useful as Spanish, you you can still understand the culture much better. So that's the first part. Um, I think the second part that we talked about briefly, but it's very important for me to emphasize is that networking is an ongoing task. It's not something that you should only start by the time that you're looking for a position. It's not something that you need to uh, reach out to people with, when you ask them to help you and connect to X or Y, right? So it's an ongoing task. I can share an example about what I do. I have a list of uh, some of my connections, people that I want to keep in touch with. I either use Excel or Notion or Trello or whatever. Uh, and I actually create myself these this small weekly tasks, right? So, to, so every week I wanna meet new one new person for example and two people that are for my connection list right and that's that's way that's the way i'm like sort of like keeping in touch with with people
0: uh thing, we, we, we sh- i think i should have gone into that more about that before so basically you have a whole structure way of keeping in touch with your older friends and getting more connection even though you have a job now you're not really looking proactively now for another job but that's interesting um
1: Definitely, because you don't want to reach to someone after five years that you, ha- you guys have, haven't spoken, asking for something, right? It's not only about helping each other, it's about keeping in touch, and I'm keeping in touch with people I care about, either personally or professionally. And for example, I can give you an example that now in my new company, I have a lot to learn about things that I wasn't involved with, like for example, customer success, right? Um, because I, we don't have a customer success manager at the moment. So I'm reaching out to people, uh, I'm asking for their help about customer success uh, processes and uh, they're helping and we're talking about it, but it's not because I'm reaching out now for the first time after five years, right? Yeah. It's because we are constantly speaking and I think that uh, it's it's a hard thing to penetrate uh, how you can leverage your own connection in your own community but I think it's definitely a challenge worth, uh, worth solving and the system and the method that you should develop for yourself.
0: So your system is, as you say, you have, you made a list of of people you want to be in touch with this year or, and then you basically every week you choose two or three and you schedule a Yeah, it could be a
1: short call. It could be lunch. Uh, yeah, it could be via, via emails, right? Um, it's different for other people. Everyone okay. with their own uh, favorite way of uh, getting in touch.
0: Interesting. Great, Itai. So uh, we have to cut off now. We think we are over, over time a little bit. Thanks a lot for coming in. And thanks for your insights. Thanks for your advice. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best in your new job and the new sure. company we started. Hope we'll hear about an exit soon.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. Great.